Good morning, diners and travelers. <clears throat> You're listening to a frog in my throat. <laughs> Good morning, diners and travelers. You're listening to On the Menu with Ann and Peter Haig. And uh, today we're going to do we have, have a, do we have a frog on today's menu? <laughs> well, I wish we could. We got we got mo- we got mo- we got we're pretty close. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's sort of the end of the season, I think. So we're getting um, we're we're getting to the point where a few of ideas is something as we start the new year that you want us to be talking about. You better let us know. Again, the email is. On the menu at onthemenuradio.com. Not too difficult to remember. Not hardly. Hard, right. to, hard to spell. I bet, I, bet, I bet I could misspell that five or six times before yeah. I got it right. But anyhow, this, this first up is um, Rachel Beller, who wrote a, a book called Power Spicing, which is something you've heard me before say I firmly believe in. And since I got this cold, I have been pouring turmeric into my green tea with ginger and forever and ever. And um, I'm getting better, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, and she and she's on the she this Rachel, she's really she's really on the ball. She is, and yeah, she has a, a website which she will tell you about. Um but I can tell you too, it's Bella Nutrition at you know, it's Bellanutrition dot com. So Got it. Anyhow. Here's here's her What's her name? Rachel. Rachel, Rachel here's, Beller. Here's right. Rachel. Rachel Beller, you're, uh, to us, you're actually preaching to the choir, but a <laughs> message that really needs to get out there. Um, y- you have, a, you're a nutritionist, a, um, tell me what, you have a Master of Science, and you have a dietitian, yes. a nutrition degree. Yes, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, and also I have a master's in nutritional science, and I have, um, my specialty is weight management and cancer prevention. Right, and and you were a spokesperson to the American Cancer Society, and you work a lot with uh, breast cancer in women, or probably in men too. Yes, a personal or family history of breast cancer at the Bella Nutritional Institute. Aha, uh-huh. so you have your own institute. Now, but uh, just tell our listeners your website because there's a lot more information on the website than we're going to be able to cover in the short interview. Yes, um, bellernutrition.com. Okay. And, uh, yeah, lots of information about our programs. We have an online 90-day transformation master class for weight loss and cancer prevention. Right. And, uh, you know, our power spicing blends are also on there. Yeah, no, I just wanted to quickly uh, just mention to listeners who might be making notes that the the Bella is B E L L E R, not B E L L A, which you might have thought. Yeah, B E L L E R. And the book we're going to be talking about um, is is this your second book? This is my third, my third, third book. Uh, okay. best-selling book. Yes. And it's called Power Spicing, which is, I said at the outset, is something we believe in firmly. Um, tell us, first of all, I mean, people have been using these spices for centuries and millenniums. Um, why all of a sudden are people deciding? Is it just this general interest in nutrition and superfoods? That, that suddenly people are paying attention to the things that have been around for millennia? 
Yes, I mean, I think mostly it has to do with the fact that um, we have more research. Like in the past five years alone, there have been more than 1,900 studies conducted on turmeric, 1,600 studies on cayenne, 1,400 on garlic, clove, cinnamon. There's 750 studies. I mean, it's just emerging and being published. And what drew my attention is the simplicity, that this is something everybody and anyone anyone can do. It's already in their pantries. It's just educating them on the power of spicing, the pinch of prevention, and then also the key is spice synergy, what to combine with what in order to optimize the efficacy. See, that's the part that really, well, first, the first thing that caught my attention was that um, you you put on your family table uh, the spices that people can add a pinch of, a, a tad of. Uh, you put that on your table ready and, and available uh, the way you would salt and pepper. Yes, exactly. That I puts actually it in a, yeah, that puts it in a whole yeah. different category. Yes, yes. I have um it's been interesting since our um power spicing line of blends have been available on Amazon. People are getting it and they're I'm getting all these stories about how people actually take them to restaurants to add yeah. you know, to their food because it's it's so easy to integrate because they're universally flavored. Well, so, you mentioned yes. that you do that, but I can't imagine many chefs in, in upper echelon restaurants being happy to see you add things to their dishes. Well, people add pepper, you know, people add pepper, they add salt, uh, unfortunately, so yeah, you never do. know. Yeah, they do. Um, you, you have general hints for... Um, buying and storing spices and herbs. And um, I think that that's one of the things that distinguishes your book Um, because, you know, you could waste a lot of time in uh, buying things that, first of all, have been filled with all kinds of non-essential stuff just for bulk or stuff that's too old and improperly storing it. Um, and it could waste a lot of time and energy on that. And then the second thing I think that differentiates your book is that you pay a lot more attention to the fact that you need to have combos. Of, what do you call these? Um, spice synergy. Synergy. And, um, yeah, there's, um, there's spice synergy. Um, there's a combo effect. There's really different concepts of how you integrate and combine the spices together. So they're, they, 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 you know, sometimes some of them have uh, magical, a magical impact once you're um, combining them together versus having them um, separately. So there's some that we call absorption enhancers. Yes. Those are combinations that boost the absorption of the active compounds within the spices. Then there's a synergistic action. They boost each other's actions. Uh, when you combine them, they're greater, they're greater, the combined effect is greater than either one of them on their own. And then there's something like double dose, which is basically where they have a similar benefit, um, and they work towards the same goal. So, for example, garlic and onion both support cardiac health. So, you know, together it's a greater impact. Right. Now, you, there, as I said, there's so many books out there now that um, 
actually just call everybody's attention to it. In fact, I just had lunch with a friend, and she was telling me that she got terrible indigestion from turmeric, which is one of my go-to things. I love green tea with turmeric and, and ground up black pepper in it. Let me quickly apologize to listeners. I just... That was that was that was my stupid cell phone ringing. I forgot to turn it off. Sorry about that. <laughs> but but um, no. What was I saying? I lost what I was saying. Well, you um, that, that's what I'm, that's what oh, I'm yeah, she, yeah. No, no, no. I was saying she said she couldn't take this stuff, and it made her totally nauseated. And it turns out she's taken the pills, these capsules. And I said, yeah. well, why don't you just use the real stuff? You know. Uh, I, I buy the the whole natural root, fresh root in Whole Foods, and I slice it yeah. in and put it in everything. Yeah, so, yeah. So. I mean, using the root is one thing, and also we have the book has these. Um, like, I have my anti-cancer de-bloat tonic. It's a beverage that you make where you're steeping turmeric root, um, and and so you can get benefits from that as well. You can also get the turmeric powder, the spice, which, by the way, is more concentrated than than the fresh, believe it or not, fresh herbs uh, versus dried. The dried actually has more antioxidant value, which is so interesting. But but doing both is essential in getting it from the real... um, the real thing, a single ingredient. You know, many supplements, they're so processed that people don't realize it, um, what they go through. So really adding it to your food and knowing that, let's say, adding black pepper to turmeric will enhance the absorption of the active compounds, curcumin, by 2,000%. I mean, it's it's significant. Or let's say you're, you know, um, like we have a blend that, that um, is featured in the book that people can make or they can buy ready-made. It's called Golden Breakfast, and that has cacao and turmeric and um, and ginger and, and Ceylon cinnamon. And so, so the um, cacao has something called quercetin in it, and quercetin helps your body absorb the active compound in turmeric. So that, and how great is it that you're just adding a teaspoon of the blend into hot cashew milk or coconut milk and enjoying that. And you're getting so much more, not only from the turmeric itself, but by the counter, you know, the, it's, it's um, co-workers, so to speak, that really work together in sync. You know, one of the things that I always question, though, about all of this, um, even though I'm, I'm a believer how much, how do you know how much you have to ingest of all this stuff to get the effects you're talking about? Wonderful question. So what we find with power spicing and using spices is, and this is really from the research, is the cumulative effect. It's using it over time. Uh-huh. And that's where my hope is to guide people to add power spicing to their foods in the morning, to their snacks, to their dinner, not just about one Moroccan stew that they make that has a lot of spices. That's not going to do it. It's really that consistency. So adding Ceylon cinnamon to your oatmeal, you should always try to boost it with these, um, with spices that we know have so much added value. And it really is these studies that show that it's a cumulative effect. You really want to integrate it and make it a daily habit. 
just like we eat vegetables, most hopefully most of us, you know, you try to get, you don't just eat chicken for lunch. You try to eat it with a side of vegetables, which creates um, a habit of consistency, um, you know, cumulatively over over days and months and years. Now, you refer frequently to studies and research. Could you get define that a little more closely? Who's doing this research, um, and what what are the big studies that have been done? I mean, they're done by various institutions, and um, there's studies from different universities. Like there's a there's um, some studies we reviewed actually on spices and their effect on gut health that were done over at UCLA. I mean, researchers are doing the studies and then they publish it. Some studies are better than others. Mm-hmm. Some are laboratory studies. Some are human studies. Um, for example, there's um, a, a, a human study that looked at the, um, you know, spices and, um, you know, what they're drawing participants' blood and giving them spices, drawing their blood and looking at an anti-inflammatory marker after a week. Uh-huh. And so, so that's interesting. Like there's a study um, that um, gave participants half a teaspoon of a combination of herbs like dried rosemary, ginger, turmeric, and clove. And then they gave a control group no spices. Huh. They drew their blood, and then after seven days, they looked for an anti-inflammatory um I mean, how large are these study groups? I mean, are they... Would the scientific community accept these as really valid research um, studies? Yeah, I mean, it depends, you know, who's conducting the research. Is there a company behind it? Um, You know, this one study that I'm uh, mentioning to you, um, it wouldn't matter if it had 2,000 people versus 200 people because they literally, they're drawing blood after a certain amount of days um, and looking at a significant difference. Those who had it had X and those who didn't had Y, um, so it's pretty straightforward. Um, but in order for us to say that this is uh, 100% guarantee, no one can do that. They can't do that even with chemotherapy. No. They, they conduct research and they look at the effects of a chemotherapeutic drug, right? Yeah. And um, they say, okay, well, based on this study of using these participants, um, you know, these drugs actually have an effect on killing cancer cells. So let's administer this to this type of cancer, this type of patient, because it's the best that we know to date from the research. Same thing with food. From what we know, this is the best um, data that we have to suggest this is a really good idea. Plus, what have you got to lose? I mean, as far as spicing <laughs> is concerned, your food tastes better. Yeah, see, that's it's fun, that's but it's nice to know that it also potentially has this um, incredible effect for your long-term health. It's not punishment. It's really like I don't need like a hundred percent studies, but it's great that we have suggestive studies that are from reputable places. Now, I think we we've heard around the food community that one of the things that you can observe is that like primitive communities like the like the uh, like the Australian Aboriginal and the 
New Zealand Maori and the people who inhabit the Amazon Bay. No, no, not, nece- not necessarily blue zone. Just, just people who just who just happen to have a different kind of diet because maybe it's it's all they have access to. Uh-huh. Uh, has has any of any of that come come up with matches that are really exciting? Yeah, I mean, there's some um, observations on. Um, uh, Let's say in India, they're using certain spices, and then you know we have the Okinawa diet as well, where they're eating more clean food that is rich in omega threes. I mean, there are different populations who have lower disease rates due to various um, dietary patterns. So we definitely um, see some of that as well. We see that also with spices as well. Um, and we also see what happens um, here in the U.S. and and where we have a lot more, um, you know, there's a tendency also with um, processed foods and seeing what that has, well, that, uh, yeah, that's what kind of impact that has on our health. Terrible, yeah. terrible. That's, that's the opposite of what we want, right? Yeah. So, now you have you just to talk about what's in your book. I'll, let me see if I can just pick a spice. What what spice would you want me to pick? Um, how about uh, uh, you're asking me? We yeah, can yeah, you yeah. know go with something uh, uh, fun like um, well, it's not exactly a spice, but we included orange peel in there. Um, yeah, I wonder why. I, you know, I when I'm fixing <laughs> Peter's fruit, I frequently eat the peel, and I'm, part of that's good, I think. But the other part is that's unfortunately yes. where the pesticide resides. Right. So, so you have to get organic. Yes, you do. You really need to, especially when it comes to something that's been dried like that. So orange peel, I mean, it's it's in the spice aisle, so that's what was appealing. But for me, as somebody who works in the breast health space, um, what intrigued me with orange peel is that it contains uh, D-limonene and hesperidine, which are very powerful antioxidants, flavonoids, that um, su- support breast health. And I thought... Oh, this is great. People can shake this onto their oatmeal. They can shake it onto their baked apples. They can add it into their smoothies. I mean, this is really one of those um, incredible um, add-ons, and it's right in their spice aisle. And um, that also intrigued me. There's one blend, a, a blend that people can make. We give the recipe in the book. I also sell it as one of my power spicing nutrition blends. Um the um, Cinepeel Spicer, and the Cinepeel Spicer blend has um, Ceylon cinnamon, true cinnamon, and um, it also has a little ginger and granulated organic orange peel, and it's delicious. It's just a great way to add daily power into those usually breakfast foods or snack foods that um, you want to add some sweetness without the sugar, and you're adding um, an incredible dose of antioxidants. Now, have you have you heard of Kenyan purple tea? <laughs> we, do, we just um, we, do, we just interviewed someone who's importing it from Kenya. Kenya. <laughs> he's, he's, he's on the wow. west coast. He's he's selling it as a uh, as a how would you call it? A functional beverage. A functional beverage, yeah. and I love and, it. And he said it's got all kinds of an- antioxidants. He says it. it's the same plant, the sinensis, whatever it is. But, the but, tea but, plant. but it gets it gets particular kind of charge for, of itself because it's grown at such high altitudes <laughs> because the uh, the 
in Mount Kenya, Mount Kilimanjaro, which are in that part of geography of the world, are like approaching 20,000 feet in height. And when that, when that happens, apparently these tea plants get new characteristics. It's like the Andes, where they do the menus according to the, uh, the altitude. Yes. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Would love to learn about that. Um, so take garlic, okay? I mean, I know garlic has been always viewed, except for the Queen of England, who won't allow it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. As a cure of some sort. But uh, you have, so here you have garlic, you describe garlic. Okay, then you have, a study show that garlic may, and then you have all the health benefits listed, of which there are lots of them. Um, something I didn't know is that it gets a, a boost, in effect, if you um, serve it with, if you pair it with rosemary, which is like half of the things I ever do with lamb involves garlic and rosemary together. <laughs> and she, and just, she just thought it tasted good. She didn't care. Yeah, I didn't she know didn't about care this. about the therapeutic effects. And, yeah, and no, it's great to, to pair things. Um, it, it's incredible as far as, um, you know, flavor profiles and pairings. Um, and, you know, people think it's all about turmeric and turmeric and turmeric. Um, but uh, we're going way beyond that. Mm. Um, I think that's that's the part that's um, fascinating. Also, looking at the antioxidant value of some of these spices. Uh, now, like you can, the, you take it a little further than this. I mean, another reason to buy this book is what I'm next talking about. Is as Peter noted, he he really loves your recipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's yeah. all these things How about dog here that he's going to be making. <laughs> we we all like Love that. It. Yeah, we, we all like that um, the green frittata. What what's it called? The glowing green the frittata. Glow- yeah. Yes, <laughs> we like that a lot. Hey hey uh, yeah. What are we having tonight? We're we're having a frittata with smoked salmon in it tonight. Smoked salmon and uh, mushrooms. Oh, we have, uh, we have, yeah, we have mushrooms too. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna put mushrooms. <laughs> okay, there you go. I mean, you, I mean, you don't have mushrooms in here, do you? Uh, no, but you can add any vegetable into. Yeah, but into mushrooms this. very are, very herb herb very herb rich. Mushrooms. Um, I think what, a long time ago, my mother bought me a, a book called Up Your Potassium. <laughs> and, and that's ah. what it was about, is mushrooms. <laughs> They're very fair. high in potassium, and sounds, I eat them like every day just about. Sounds fairly rude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You yeah. also like your Fiesta Scramble. Oh, I made that, um, I made that last night. I like that. That's great. It's so easy. My kids love that one. It's just so easy. It's such an easy recipe. Um, I don't even, I mean, even though I wrote the book, um, sometimes I do need to reference proportions of different things and making something. But um, the Fiesta Fiesta Scramble gives you um, an option. Um, And I make it with organic sprouted tofu, and it's just, you know, don't think my kids are tofu eaters by any means, but yeah. it's, it's <laughs> that's one of the, the way that it's things. flavored. Not, I've never caught on to tofu. I don't understand. Most it people at all. haven't. No, but <laughs> when you try it like this 
when it's immersed in the tomato sauce and the spices and the flavor, you don't even know that it's tofu. It's just incredible. Well, you were a great deal of fun to talk to, uh, Rachel Miller, and uh, this book is certainly worth people. Uh, I mean, we're going to use it as a reference book, I think. And it's considerably less expensive than going to see your primary care provider. Exactly. <laughs> Again, it's called <laughs> Power Spicing, and, uh, you know, by, written by a real expert and somebody who who is attracted to the deliciousness of, as well as the uh, healthfulness of food. Um, Rachel Beller, thank you for talking to us. Oh, it was so much fun. Enjoyed it, and I'm glad you enjoyed Power Spicing, and you can check out the Power Spicing uh, blends as well. Right. We have all the blends. And, um, and the website. Yeah. Don't forget the website. And bellernutrition.com, yes. So right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. Don't go away, because we'll be back after a short break. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Welcome back. If you've been looking for a special hack to uh, deal with those those nasty little Brussels sprouts. I don't mean that. No, no, I like Brussels sprouts, but sometimes they need a little help. (laughs) And? And, well, and there are a whole bunch of other things like sweet potatoes, all kinds of things. Almost anything you can think of would do better with this product. Um, We're going to be talking to Michael Oreschewski, who has, a ra- who has a rather intriguing title. Yes. He's Chief Executive Boar, but that's B-O-A-R, not B-O-R-E. And his his product um, is was company is TBJ Gourmet Fine Foods. What? What there's... What, what I, it's actually, you're I just a little, noticed something. You're a little lost it's, here. Yeah, no, I just noticed something. It's Fun Fine Foods. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, anyway. and I never noticed that before. Anyhow, we never had a chance to ask about the fun part of it, but I'm sure he'll tell us. And, uh, but we were, our attention was grabbed most particularly by his bacon jam, which comes in a variety of, uh, of flavors. flavors. And, yeah, but, but, but all, but all featuring bacon. Bacon, bacon, bacon. People seem to have an insatiable lust for bacon. So, Anyhow, let's listen to Michael, and he might even tell us why. Michael Oreschewski, you have done a little bit of almost you, you everything. Did, you, you did that well. Thank you. That's pretty good. <laughs> and um, but right now you're, you're focusing primarily on, on the development of products in your company called TBJ Gourmet, and uh, we've been sampling. Um, as I told you before, I, I like the uh, spiced tomato jam a lot. And you also do a bacon jam uh, with varieties like bacon, bur- bourbon, and what's, what's some of the others? Maple syrup is the Maple syrup one. is the other, yeah. So, so the one that started all was our classic. Uh, we also have a sweet chili bacon jam, a black pepper bacon jam. 
Uh, we have, surprisingly, my new favorite is our honey habanero bacon jam. I'm not a big uh, fan of the, the spicy stuff, but it has a good amount of heat, balanced with the, the, the honey, the sweetness. And, of course, like all of our bacon jams, it has a uh, you know, bacon as the first top ingredient. Um, so you get a, a, you know, a nice smoky bacon bite what, throughout. What percentage of your bacon jam lovers keep a jar in the refrigerator and eat it with a spoon out of the jar? <laughs> <laughs> so when people, the first thing everyone asks is, well, what do you do with it? Um, and most chefs put it on burgers and people at home put it on burgers or spread it on sandwiches, use it as a, as a, a condiment or anywhere you use bacon. So I'll run through a list of these things like, oh, you can use it on a sandwich or you can use it as a glaze on wings or use it as a hot, you know, hot bacon dressing. And then inevitably, every time that we're sampling, someone says, well, I just eat it on a spoon. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're our, they're our favorite customers because they, uh, they eat the most. Yeah, right. It goes down pretty quick. Yeah. Well, well, let's back up. I mean, I understand that I mean, there are people who are rabid about bacon. They just love it. It's true. And and so that's how did you get to start, or why did so you it, start TBJ Gourmet? So it really did start based on this one product, bacon jam, um, and as a as just a, almost a novelty because people do love bacon so much. Um, but we always set out to make it more than a novelty, to make it a, a product that uh, was a quality quality item that people are going to go back to and use in, in their, their home cooking. Yeah, um, so I mean, the best thing is you have all these recipes on your website and you send little um, emails out about new recipes too. Uh, well, we love cooking, and uh, we love cooking with bacon jam and, and our spiced tomato jam and our, and our rubs and seasonings as well. But the when you have something that um, where restaurants are really putting bacon jam on burgers is, is what you see ninety percent of the time the use in a restaurant. So when we're when we make this product for home use in our nine ounce jar or a fourteen ounce jar, you know you got to give people an idea what to do with it because it is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they love bacon, so they're drawn to it. But they're and then they're just their head starts saying, "What do I do with it? What do I do with it?" So we love to create our own content with recipes. We love, absolutely love, when chefs or home cooks or foodies send us their ideas. We've gotten so much great uh, ideas, so many great ideas, and so much great content from from our fans on you know what they do with it at home. Um, you know anything from. Stuffing a jalapeno popper with bacon jam and goat cheese to a flatbread with, with bacon jam as a sauce, or I mean, we've had people send us pictures of them using it as a topping on ice cream. <laughs> oh sure, why not? Why not? It's sweet. Who, Actually, who, are, it who are those guys in Seattle? Who, I'm just going to ask you. Do you know the um, bacon freak people? Oh sure, uh, bacon freak. Uh, they have a website with all manner of bacon things. Yeah. Well, you know what? And there's no bacon in it. That's right. They're Orthodox Jews. <laughs> you, heard, you heard the story. You, you did, maybe you didn't hear the story, but the, the founder wanted, wanted to make wanted to make kosher bacon, bacon, kosher bacon. But, but but so he went to his father, who it happened was a food scientist. So his father, the food scientist, made a fully flavored non-bacon bacon. <laughs> interesting. Very that's, interesting. That's how, so, they, that's how uh, they got started. 
But, you know, it's been not. going for a long time, and it's a well-established specialty food God, company they, now. They made something made like bacon-flavored shaving soap and all, kind, <laughs> all, all kinds of mess. All kinds That's of one of the stuff. first things people ask us. Um, is well, is there real? Is it real? Is it there real bacon? Oh, yeah, you hit that right on the label. flavored jam, uh, and that's a challenge for us because there is so many novelty bacon items out there. Um, but we do use real, uh, natural, uncured, nitrate and nitrite-free uh, bacon, and it's all locally sourced to us um, in in all of our bacon products. So anything that that you know we represent as bacon jam has real bacon in it. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, it's not kosher. Um, but <laughs> Thank goodness for that. I, I would know you were a liar if you said that. <laughs> now, now is, is there a particular breed of pig that, that you that you favor, like like Mangalitsa? That's, that's no. That's, so that's the, we, that's the we rely on um, we rely on ends and pieces. Okay, of, got it. Of traditionally sliced bacon. So it's, we have, um, you know, certainly I love the heritage breeds uh, of pig, especially when I'm for, for a center plate uh, piece of pork. But what we try to do here and going forward with new items, we do have an eye on food waste. Uh, we have uh, um, a desire to be upcycling as much as possible. And that's um, a good point to make because, I mean, that's really... I mean, I feel we're, we've entered already the uh, arena of how important all of these issues are in um, um, food and the hospitality industry altogether. Uh, Certainly, and we, we yeah, throw so away. You, you are a way of, of using up uh, and not creating food waste. That's very good. So we're throwing away at least 30% of the food. That is in our system. And that, you know, not just knowing that we have people that are hungry, we're talking about space, we're talking about pollution from, uh, from agro, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, carbon footprint. So there's a number of reasons why we should all be looking at food waste and how to best upcycle and how to eliminate food waste. Um, and we didn't set out to do that. There's plenty of great companies out there that set out with this in mind, we happen to, to come into it because the end and the piece is something that's, um, you know, available and readily available, and it's not just made sense for us from a business perspective. But now that we know and are that there are plenty of ways you can make value-added products with ingredients that otherwise, you know, people just aren't using for the best the best possible thing. And I personally think the best thing you can do with your bacon ends and pieces, uh, whether you're doing it yourself at your restaurant or at home uh, or like I am, is make bacon jam because it's just letting you put bacon everywhere <laughs> you want it to be. And for me, that's everywhere. So, but basically, the, the, the item itself, the ingredient, bacon, is that was the uh, siren call to get you to, to leave chefing and open a company. So... Yeah, it was, you know, it started as a side thing for my partner and I. For uh, When Bruce and I met, we both had uh, our own businesses, and it just took off out of the gate in a way that shocked us, frankly. Um, and we really 
went quickly from direct to consumer to to selling wholesale and then getting into restaurants and the next thing we knew we're spending more time on this than our than our regular jobs and just had to you know, sit down and say uh, this is a real thing you know we got we were selling it at, at a Christmas village in Philadelphia after three months of starting it where you know we're, we're selling thousands of jars really? and barely able to keep up with production like literally I'm cooking all night at my restaurant bringing <laughs> cases down to our Christmas market at Love Park and selling it all day um, and you know then not even a, a year later we got asked to go on QVC and you know yeah. it's it's it happened fast and we're fortunate um and it's good to do something that we're that i mean i love doing this i love working in food i always have but to be able to be fortunate enough to to have something i love bacon too so to have something that you're passionate about is uh it's good yeah now now have you cracked the big time now like wegmans and whole foods and people like that so uh, no Wagmans, no Whole Foods yet. Um, our bacon jam is uh, is you know up to the spec of the uh, of the natural stores. Um, our classic is in Walmart, so we're in the big big time. There are Boar's Reserve ones, the maple bourbon, the balsamic steak bacon jam, and the honey habanero are are in uh, a couple thousand specialty food stores and independent supermarkets. Um, we're in some some Acme's, uh, and here in Philadelphia area, we have, you know, your DeBruno brothers, your Carlinos. Oh, yeah? Um, Bruno brothers. Yeah. Yeah, so we really run the gamut. Anyone who wants to have a high-end condiment, which I think is is most stores, um, and our focus this year coming up is going to be in the retail area. Again, we really focused on, on food service. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, do you have different uh, sizes for food service? Because the jars we got are little. So, yeah, certainly, we have a a sixty five ounce. Oh wow! Okay. Size for restaurants, and then we have a forty ounce size for restaurants. Huh. Um, the gla- the glass jar we really just use in in the food service arena. It's more of a you know a sample size, but that's our that's our retail size. Right. Um, and listen, it's so easy. You, when we were making it at my restaurant, we had such a difficult time with consistency. If this if this cook made it or that cook made it, it took so much time. And when the first, when when chefs see our our bulk package uh, bacon jam, they're just like, "Oh my gosh, we're going to save so much time." And <laughs> That's then true. They try it, yeah, you and just they, buy it and use the yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's amazing how many condiments are out there. I. <laughs> and, you know, we we get so many things. We have a refrigerator full. Oh, we, have a whole, we have a whole sh- we have a whole shelf. It's people. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the market's consistent because it seems to be everybody's producing condiments. Well, I think the condiment is allows you to to create you know, new new bites, right? So you can have the, there's not really a lot of changing in your center. Center of the plate protein. 
you know, you're, there, there's no there's no new animals coming around. Right, uh, that's for sure. There uh, are though. You know, so, so if you want to have growing, some, they're growing in a petri dish. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that certainly, and then for that kind of stuff, you need you need good condiments to make them taste good. So the condiments, the condiments, you know, I'm the same way. We are our the side of my refrigerator is all condiments, and then people take it even further with like the hot sauces and. Uh, you just, people want variety, and you can have uh, variety. You can spin off all your favorite things with, with, uh, with a good set of condiments. Trust, 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 Peter, listeners. This stuff is fabulous. It's like instant gratification. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you need is a jar and a spoon. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's going, I always it's, say you can put, if you want to shoot a taste good, you can just slap it on a show. <laughs> So anyhow, and you do good things. You have um, you mentioned that you every jar of uh, the, the spiced tomato jam, you, you donate a dollar to somebody. So that's yeah, every jar of our spiced tomato jam that is sold. We give a dollar to Phil Abundance Food Bank. Uh, that's the Mid Atlantic's largest food bank. And the idea is, we with that dollar we capture surplus tomatoes to make tomato sauce for. Uh, for the food bank. And Phil Abundance has other products in their, what's called their abundantly good brand that do the same thing, uh, in, in their own supply chain. So they have a cheese that, uh, a dollar from every pound of the cheese that's sold goes back to the farmer and he takes surplus dairy and makes cheese for the food banks. So again, it's about reducing food waste and just, you know, having, focusing on our community. Um, from both sides, we are talking about hunger, but we're also just eliminating food waste for the number of other reasons that that, that we need to eliminate food waste, whether it's a carbon footprint or, or hunger. Um, but the uh, the spice tomato jam, in addition to making you feel good when you when you buy it, it also tastes absolutely delicious. <laughs> Well, well, you sound well, you, like you've gotten yourself yeah. into a direction here, <laughs> a and, growth spur too. And we, and we and we love your product, and so we congratulate you on your innovation, and also on your generosity. And uh, you, how about you, a website? You ought, you ought to look for a book. Wasn't it Jim Vallis or Villas V I L A S? Oh, Villas, yeah. He wrote a whole book about bacon. Yeah. Oh, you should. I'd like to read that. You should buy yourself. Oh, yeah. You should yes. buy yourself a copy. And if people want to find out James more, B-I-L-L-S. sounds like a, a, a nice stocking stuffer for myself. There you go. <laughs> and, and he if my wife Lana's that. listening, if my wife's listening, Lana, that's a you know that's my something to read. <laughs> okay, for yeah. a present. Did you hear that? <laughs> right. Well, so Michael Oraszewski is called TBJ Gourmet, and could you throw in a, a website quickly? Certainly, it's tbjgourmet.com. TBJ is in the bacon jam, gourmet.com. Great. Well, lots of success and expansion, and keep us posted. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
you know, uh, next up, we have a, a product that I have to give you a little backstory about this. And when I was a child, we went to some sort of a cafe that had a, a great mural on the wall called, Have You Ever Seen a Purple Cow? Now, I don't remember why it was something about, have you ever seen a purple cow? I don't know what the product was. I don't remember what the cafe was. But all I can tell you is that it made such an impression on me. When I saw this mention of Kenyan purple tea, I thought, have you ever seen a purple tea? <laughs> and, of course, I had not. But, lo and behold. And the funny part about it is the, le- the leaves that are put into the purple tea are purple. But the, but the drip beverage is not. It's not. <laughs> it's kind of brown. <laughs> well, anyhow, we're going to talk to Martin Kabaki, who has this um, product, this tea, Kenyan purple tea from his native land, uh, Kenya, and um, or Kenya. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it like an American. I'm yeah, aren't you just? Yeah. Aren't I just? Um, uh, with all its health benefits and so on. And uh, I wondered why it was called Kabaki tea, but it turns out, of course, that's his name. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing if not putting your name in lights. Right. So here we go. We have this really unique tea um, called Kabuki. Martin Kabuki is on the line. And he's going to explain to us. I wasn't sure um, if, if, if it was a real tea. But, uh, Martin, tell us, first of all, where it's from and why it's so rare. Thank you. Thank you so much for the time and for inviting me. Um, yes, my name is Martin Kabaki, uh, and I'm from the same country as this uh, tea that we're talking about. So I come from Kenya. And um, this tea is only grown in Kenya. And the reason is because Kenya is in a very, very unique uh, position geography-wise. It's right on the east coast of Africa. It's right on the equator. In fact, the equator, the equator line divides Kenya into two, almost into two halves. So we have a very, very equatorial uh, climate. Oh, really? Yes, yes. It's very, very interesting. It's right on the equator. And... We also have the Great Rift Valley, which comes all the way down, all the way up from Israel down to Mozambique. Mozambique. So yeah. we have a lot of uh, very high elevation, a lot of uh, you know hills and valleys, uh-huh. and and that gives us a very very unique microclimate. We have um, very very high elevation. For example, we have Mount Kilimanjaro, which is right there in you know right next to Kenya in Tanzania. We have uh, Mount Kenya, which has very very high elevation. So this tea, this particular tea, the Kabaki Kenyan purple tea, is grown in those areas which are very, very high elevation. So something very, very interesting happens. Because this tea grows in such high elevation, and we're right on the equator, the sun is very, very hot. And because of the UV rays coming from the sun, this tea, the leaves of this tea naturally turn purple in an effort in a natural effort to protect themselves from the sun. And in the effort, they, they, they uh, develop the Kenyan purple tea, which has the purple coloring matter, which brings out a lot of uh, antioxidants and anthocyanins. That is what makes us uh, makes this tea very, very different than any other tea. 
Now, it's supposed to be very, very healthy, right? I mean, we're always concerned about things that are very, very healthy. So t- tell us a, a little bit more about than, than we know from the information you sent us about why this tea is so valuable for human beings to drink. Yes, it is um, It is very, very important for people to, to try and drink this tea because um, since it's purple in color, it's the only purple tea in the world. There's no other purple tea. It comes from the same plant, um, natural plant, as any other tea. The name of the plant is Camilla Tenensis, the botanical name, but it's just a different variety whose who, uh, leaves turn purple. Now, the reason that our tea is different and the reason that people should try it and drink it is because um, of the fact is uh, the purple coloring matter it has. Most other, most people have heard about green tea, yellow tea, black tea, every other color apart from purple. This is the very first time you're bringing a purple tea into the market. And we all know that purple is good for the body. For example, um, anything that has purple color in it has a compound called anthocyanin. Mm-hmm. which means that it has a very high uh, levels of antioxidant antioxidant properties, which is good for your body because they help, help in fighting uh, free radicals in the body. So it's very good for, 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 for humans. Now, did you grow up drinking this tea? Yes. I grew up in Kenya. I grew up, uh, you know, drinking uh, just regular uh, English uh, black tea. Kenya uh, tea was introduced into Kenya by the British back in the 1920s. And um, as you know, Kenya was a, a, a colony um, of the British. So we took tea as part of our tradition. Most people in Kenya drink tea pretty much every day. Um, and that is how I grew up. And then years later, I came to find out about this new tea from Kenya, and I thought that it would be interesting for the U.S. market because people here are always looking for something new, something that is trendy and something that is good for you, something that is good for... Uh, for health and wellness. But you didn't drink it when you lived and grew up in in Kenya? No, I did not. Now, 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 fast forward then. You grew up in Kenya. You're now in the United States, somewhere West west. Coast. Somewhere west. And, you, and you're making purple tea. How, how did that happen? It is, doesn't sound like it would happen overnight. Yes, it, it's been a journey. My... I've been in the U.S., uh, I came from the U.S. from Kenya about 20 years ago, and I'm very passionate about bringing, um, you know, stuff from Kenya to here. My background is coffee. I do bring coffee from Kenya. I have it roasted and packed today in the U.S. But about um, five years ago, I I was approached by a group of uh, tea growers from Kenya, and they say that, hey, we have this new tea, you know, from Kenya that is very, very different. It's purple in color. It has more health benefits than any other tea, including green tea. And that caught my attention right there. And I decided that, um, you know, this is something interesting for the U.S. market. And the other thing that I realized is that people in those tea-growing areas where this tea is coming from are very, very, very poor. And they do not have um, access to basic medical services. There's no hospitals around those areas. So I decided that um, I could help bring in this tea from new tea from Kenya, and also use it as a way to give back to help people have better access to medical care in uh, in those. Yeah, now areas. how do you do that? I read that you um, are you have efforts in your company to assist the farming communities in Kenya. How do you do that? Y- yes. So what we do, um, we notice that the biggest need is uh, access to healthcare. 
So we figured the best way we can do it is to um, support uh, a local hospital. There's an existing hospital there called Kijiji, K-I-J-I-J-I, which means village in Swahili. And what we do is uh, we support this uh, hospital by bringing um, more medical services, by bringing better access to non-profit medical care for people in the village. There's a lot of uh, problems in Kenya, uh, healthcare-wise. For example, there's a lot of hypertension in Kenya. There's a lot of diabetes in Kenya. Cancer is on the rise. But the problem is most people in Kenya, especially those poor people in the villages, um, especially the kids and the women, they've never had a chance to see a doctor. For example, the kids have a lot of uh, you know, teeth problems. They have some dental issues that need to be taken care of. But their parents are very, very poor, and they do not have or cannot afford um, to take the kids to a dentist, or they don't even have the access to a dentist. The women in the village, uh, for example, um, have never done a mammogram, for example, or a cancer scre- any form of cancer screening. Not because they don't want to, but because they, number one, can't afford it, and number two, there's not even um, a doctor in those sites, um, in those areas of Kenya. So we decided to go ahead and help them, you know, by bringing, uh, supporting the local hospital there, bringing more medical services. For example, right now we are doing dialysis because it's a lot of uh, chronic kidney failure patients that need dialysis every week and they can't afford it. So that is what we are doing um, as our social mission, and it's working very well. Well, how do you work, how do you do that? I mean, you just send the money or you, how do you do it? We, we take donations right from our website when we're selling the tea. Uh, we also take, uh, we also work with different organizations um, in the U.S. For example, right now we are working with an organization called uh, Project Cure to bring more medical machines um, into Kenya, into the hospital in Kenya that we are working with, which is Kijiji. Uh, Project Cure is based out of uh, Denver, Colorado, and they do a really good job going to poor countries and helping uh, hospitals, uh, setting up um, medical equipment there and helping um, hospitals have more, more reach to, to other people in the village. Oh, now, this information is on your website. Yes. This is information is on our, on our website on how we're trying to bring uh, you know, better and more affordable medical services to the people in the village. And, and your website is kabakitea.com? Yes, it's kabakitea.com, K-A-B-A-K-I. Tea.com, It has a lot of information about our tea and about our social mission yeah. uh, with the healthcare in Kenya. Now, how has uh, the pop- American public uh, responded to the tea? Tea's hot now, isn't it? Yes, tea is hot. Um, one thing that we have going for us is that we are not bringing a new thing. You know, tea, ready to drink tea, which ours is, or comes, our tea comes in a, in a, in a ready to drink fashion. It's available in five different flavors, um, in 16 ounces uh, PET bottles, so it's, it's ready to drink. And, and you can get it unsweetened, because I think we got the sweetened ones. We, we have both. Mm-hmm. We, both? We, have, we have both. See, if yeah. I'd known about the unsweetened ones, I'd have been drinking them instead of the sweetened ones. <laughs> no, there's an, there's, an un, there's, an un, there's an unsweetened one in the refrigerator right now. Oh, good. I'll try that. <laughs> Yes, we have we have all of them. In fact, we have five different flavors. Uh, the first one is the original, which is the unsweetened, which I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna love. This okay. is for people who don't like um, you know sugar at all. It's very very good. It tastes. I have a very very original taste, and it gives you the tr- 
of this Kenyan purple tea. And then we also have another flavor, which is lightly version, I mean, lightly sweetened. It's um, lightly su- sweetened with organic raw cane sugar. And then we also have um, three other uh, flavors, which are also sweetened, but they also have a fruit flavor to them. For example, we have raspberry, we have lemon, and we have peach. So we have five different flavors. All of them are very delicious. And to answer your question, how we are getting the people to know about our tea, we've been very, very active in, in distributing, distributing our tea. For example, we sell it on Amazon. We have a, a, sh- a shop uh, or a store right on Amazon, and we've been selling quite a bit uh, right from our shop on Amazon or a st- Amazon store. We also sell at different supermarkets across the country. Um, for, ex- for example, we're in Safeway, which is one of the biggest chains in the U.S. We're selling to quite a few of their divisions. We are in also a, a lot of other independent stores. We are working with some of the biggest distributors in the, uh, in the U.S., trying to get into different supermarkets. And uh, the response has been very, very good. Now, let's, let's make one thing very clear. The, the leaves of the tea are purple. The, the beverage is brown. <laughs> so, so, listeners, if you, if you see it on the shelf, don't, don't be upset that it's brown. <laughs> it's a, it's, yes, a, it's yes, the same. It is brownish in color. It has, it, I would say it has a little you know, hint of purple in it, but it, it is brown. When you, when you brew the tea, it has, it has that brown, you know, brownness to it, but it's actually you know, from the purple tea. Oh sure! Now I've been I've been enjoying it. It's good. No, it's, it's even good with a little gin in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now your your publicist asked about. Um, could you give a code? Um, a um, what is it called? A, a code for people to get a premium a sample of it? Is it? Yes. A yes. Yes, we do have a promotional code for anybody who wants to go online and try our tea. The the code is the word menu, as in M-E-N-U. Um, menu, M-E-N-U, is the promotional code. Um, and then the offer that we are giving today um, for your listeners is uh, that if they buy one case, whether each case has six bottles in it of this amazing tea, they get one free case. Uh, we are limiting this uh, coupon or this uh, promotion to one, one, uh, you know, one use um, per customer, and it's also uh, valid for a specific time. So we urge all your customers, uh, I mean, all your listeners, to go and try our tea. Um, on um, if you go to, on Amazon, you search for Kabaki K A B A K I Kabaki Tea. It's going to bring you to our shop. Uh, you can also use uh, the best way to use that code that I gave the M E N U the menu. Is on our website, which is kabakitea.com. Okay. And you're going to go to the uh, one case, um, buy one case, get one free. Now, hold on hold on a minute here. I don't want people, again, to be confused. Our, the interview we're doing right now, by, by the time it's aired, it will be two or three weeks from now. So if you can extend the offer for our listeners for a slightly longer period, that would be really good. Not a problem. We can extend it for your listeners, maybe for uh, up to, uh, you know, maybe uh, three or four weeks after the show airs. So we'll be happy to do that for you. Great. Well, we'll get this, we'll get this out on there as soon as we can. In the meantime, what an interesting story you have given us about something that 
tea growers around the world don't don't know about it. Yeah, we've so, interviewed all kinds of people about tea, and they don't know about we, it. And we said purple tea, and they said no, there's no such thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it, so is, you, uh, it is available in Kenya. Yeah, well, you, we you have more of a mission to make sure that people understand that it's available and it's very very good. And Martin, we thank you. We thank you so much for joining us on our program today. You are very, very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Martin Kabaki. Thank you so much. Bacon jam, purple tea. Where are we going to go next? I don't know. We're hoping that our listeners will send us their ideas of what they want to uh, hear about in the coming uh, new year because uh, there's so many issues out there on the plate on everybody's plate that I'd like to sort through them with having opinions sent to on the menu at on the menu radio.com and don't forget to join us again same time same place next week and until then bye bye <laughs>